You're listening to Captivate and Convert, the weekly podcast created to show you how to attract the people you actually want to work with and get paid to do what only you can do. I'm your host, Christy Sigelski, and each week you can expect legit marketing tips, biz building strategies, and expert advice that'll help you ditch the grind and feel more aligned so you can captivate and convert your audience. If you're ready to grow your business without the struggle, you're in the right place. Today, I'm sharing part two of my interview with Peta O'Brien Day. Now, if you missed last week's episode, Peta is the founder of All Words by Peta, and she helps her clients bring that local brick and mortar business vibe to their websites and marketing content. Now, when we recorded the interview, the conversation went over the amount of time that I typically allot for a podcast episode, but Peta was so open and generous in sharing the story of the steps she took to rebuild her life after tragedy. And I really wanted to respect that and just let the conversation unfold naturally and organically because I knew, you know, we all needed to hear it in its entirety. So if you haven't listened to part one yet, I highly recommend it and enjoy part two. So what was, what was it like for you kind of in those early days when you're trying to find time to work on this new thing and, you know, you've got a new marriage, you're trying to nurture this new relationship, you've got two young kids. I know you kind of mentioned that the typical time management strategies were not all that helpful. So what did you do? How did you figure that out? Yeah, no, I, <laughs> I because I'm, I'm the kind of person who likes to find out everything that I can about new things, like, so... I've heard the phrase like multi-potential, like a multi-passionate being like boosted around all over the place. But essentially, I'm just really nosy. But, so I want to know <laughs> everything about everything that I come across. Yeah. Me so, too. <laughs> so I did the same with copywriting, like jumped into all the books. Um, not too many because I had a small baby and you can't really read for that long. But all of the audiobooks and all the podcasts. And there were loads of like time management gurus that would come on and go, this is how you become really organized. This is how you run a business and get it off the ground. These are the things that you've got to do. And there were things like wake up an hour before your children wake up in the morning so that you can go to the gym, like meditate, get all your really important work done or stop watching Netflix for three hours every evening because that means that you don't really care about your business or I don't know. Yeah, there were loads and loads of them. And there was this idea that if I just tried really, really hard, then I would find pockets of time in my day that I was wasting. And if you gave up all of your sleep, well, which this is my favorite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, hello. <laughs> and I'm just listening to these these people thinking, I, I don't know, I'm looking really hard. Like, and there, I'm, there are no spaces. Like, I have no, I have no time. If I wake up at five in the morning, then normally that means that I, like, I, I'll only have gone to bed like for the last time after the last wake up at about four. So, like, I don't really understand what you want me to run on. So, and like the organization ideas, like I read this, I downloaded this lead magnet and it was about getting started on your business properly. And one of the tips was finding a workspace. And basically they said that if you didn't have a dedicated workspace that you could kind of shut the door on and shut all the distractions out, then you're not taking this whole thing seriously. And I'm like, well, I could do that, but like you would not believe the carnage that I would walk out onto when I opened the door again. So, so I, I just, it got, it was really annoying, really annoying. 
So I kind of, yeah, I kind of figured that I had to find my own way of making it work. And I thought that I couldn't really be the only one. And there's a, there's a blog on this about this on my website, but some of the things that really worked for me were being realistic about my time. So I, I did a copywriting course back in kind of April last year and there's a Facebook group that goes with it because there's Facebook groups that go with everything these days. And and there are all these like people asking for feedback and kind of asking you to engage with them. And I, because of, partly because of my childhood, like I always feel like I have to kind of, have to be a massive part of whatever community that I join because then I'll feel wanted and needed and all that jazz. But I had, but yeah, but one of the things that, that helped me the most was kind of taking a step back and being realistic. I was like, yes, there are Facebook lives and yes, there are summits and live coachings and webinars and all these different things that I, that you could tap into, but you do not have the time. Like you have to, there are things that you have to focus on and, and yes, continual learning is important, but you have to be realistic about how much you can actually take on and how much content you can consume. Right. Because, you know, feeding your kids is kind of a priority when they're little and can't do it themselves. (laughs) Yes. And sometimes when they're bigger and can do it themselves, but still. (laughs) There's that. (laughs) So in terms terms of of learning, that was the point that I focused most on, like podcasts and audiobooks, because you can listen to them when you're on the school run or when you're cooking dinner and feeding the baby, sorting the washing. So like there are, I needed to realize that there were times when I had to be present and there were times when I didn't really need to be present. Like if I'm on the school run, sure, I have to look where I'm going. It's very important. But my, at the time, eight-month-old daughter wasn't bothered that I wasn't constantly talking to her for the whole entire journey and pointing out every cow and sheep and horse that that I could see out the window. So I could listen to a podcast and I could do some learning and, and that would be great. So yeah, so being sensible about when I needed to be present and when I didn't. On that note, voice recorders on your phone are the best thing in the world. Because oh my God, yes. <laughs> yes. Especially with, I've discovered transcription software because before I was just doing, I was recording a note and then I was typing it out and it was taking ages. But yeah, transcription software is epic. So if I have a great idea, like I don't have to, didn't have to move the baby and go and get a piece of paper, I could, <laughs> I could just say it on my phone. So that was quite helpful. Also, ditching comparisonitis. And I'm terrible at this. Oh, that's a hard one. Yeah, that was the hardest, I think. And I'm still not really, I'm still not completely there. I do still look at other people and go, well, why am I not there? Like, it's just, it's probably just because I'm not working hard enough or I'm not good enough. But I think, like, you're, it's, it's kind of, it gets thrown around the internet quite a lot. But like, your everyday reality, you can't compare it to somebody else's highlight reel. Like, you have no idea how they got to where they are. You have no idea the choices that they made, the trade offs that they had to take. Like, you don't know. You just have to focus on what you can do. And the the big one that I feel like is left out of the equation a lot of times too is that, you know, you see these success stories, you see all of these things that these certain people are accomplishing, but they also neglect to mention that they have a team of like five people behind them <laughs> who are yeah. doing all the things and picking up, up the slack. And it's like, I don't know, I'm not going to say that, you know, there's intentional misleading there i'm sure in some cases there is but it's like those those are important things important details that are left out and most of us when we're just starting out don't have you know a team behind us who can definitely do all the things that we don't have time to do and so it's very very unfortunate when you're comparing yourself to that because there is no way that you will ever measure up to 
the manpower of five more people, you know? Yes, yes. You you might have the same 24 hours as Beyonce, but you do not have the same 24 hours <laughs> exactly. as Beyonce and her entire team of 40 people Ugh. that is helping her do the things I that hate that meme. I hate oh, it. It makes me I hate so it. angry. I hate it. <laughs> Yeah. And that's so that's why. So I've got an email list. It's not been going for very long. But one of the first things that I did was when I when I finally hired a cleaner, I told everybody that I'd hired a cleaner because hiring not because I was like feeling really boastful about being able to afford a cleaner. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I was really excited. However, <laughs> I told them that because I want it to be okay that that women especially don't feel like they have to do all the things that they that they've always taken responsibility for as well as building building the best business that they can possibly build. Like we cannot do all the things all at the same time. We can't. And and the more people who are honest about that, the easier it is for everybody else to go, "Oh, okay. Yeah, like you said, like the reason that it's hard is because it's hard, but other people get help." Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think the other one, <laughs> the other one that was quite helpful at the beginning, and this doesn't work for everybody, is that so Erica, my daughter, did not sleep very well and was up quite a lot at night. But that turned out to be quite beneficial because when you're working for clients in Australia, you can answer messages and emails when you are feeding the baby to sleep in the middle of the night. <laughs> that is true, that is and that was very true. <laughs> Yeah. So that was my special superpower. Like I can work on both sides of the world because my baby doesn't sleep. Now, how old are your kids now? So Ethan will be 10 in March, which is terrifying. And I'm trying not to think too hard about it. And Erica will be two in a couple of weeks. So you're still really kind of in the thick of it. Like sleep, oh, yeah. sleep could go either way, <laughs> right? Yeah, it is interesting. And Erica is sleeping a lot better now, which is good. But Ethan is is dealing with a lot of a lot of anxiety at the moment. I think probably coming out of like lockdown and a lot of other things and hormones and all that kind of stuff. So he's not sleeping particularly well at the moment. So they're tag teaming me, which is great. Well, I, I love that you were honest about the the whole time management thing. I think that's a struggle. I mean, I have said so many times to moms who've come on the show, I, I truly am in awe that any mother of young kids can can find the time to build a business because, you know, I just, I started this when my kids were grown up almost, you know, they were teenagers. And that was really the first time I felt like I had a minute <laughs> like to do anything <laughs> for myself. So I, you know, it's just amazing to me what women can do. And it's so, it's so true. Like so much of the tips and strategies and all that stuff are not very realistic for moms with young kids. And I think the guilt, we already have enough guilt as it is. We don't need oh, any more yes. guilt or like, we're not oh, doing yeah. enough or we need to be sleeping less or whatever it is. So I just, I think that that is fabulous that you were just like, yeah, no, I'm going to, I'm going to open the door on this because it's so true. Yes. Are you ready for the Christy questions? I am ready for the Christy questions. Go on, hit me. All right, let's do it. <laughs> okay. So these are heavy. These are a little heavy. Everybody listening, it's a little heavy. After your husband passed away and you are in the midst of, you know, rebuilding your life with your son, what was the darkest point? Like, was there this moment where you kind of thought, I don't know if I'm going to make it through this? Yeah. So I think Ethan was probably about three. So I reckon about 
yeah, six months in or something. And he wasn't sleeping. That's the general theme of my life. And he was it was taking me about two hours to get him to sleep in the evening. And then he would like wake up 45 minutes later and we'd be there again. And and then, and then I'd put him down and he'd wake up 45 minutes later. And then I would, and then I'd have to go to work in the morning. And I, I am pretty sure that quite a few mornings I was not safe to drive to work. Like it was not. I'd, I'd probably had about half an hour sleep all in and was emotionally drained. And yeah, it was awful. And I, I reached out to, to like our local children's center, which I guess is a little bit like social services and got someone to come around and kind of say, look, I need, I need some help. I need some advice. Like, this is the situation. What would you do? And she spent two hours asking me some incredibly probing questions, including things like, are there any adults that stay overnight in this house? on a frequent basis oh and I'm like are you asking me if I'm seeing anyone that's crazy <laughs> I was like, I've been widowed for six months yeah it's pretty much just me here so yeah so she asked me all these questions and and we got to the end and I'm like she can see that I'm pretty desperate like I haven't slept in days I've I'm quite emotional after answering all these questions and she kind of just looked at me and she went oh well you know you're doing all the right things and that was it oh my gosh <laughs> so I'm helpful just, yeah, it was great. So I very politely showed her out because, you know, I'm British and <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what we do. And I completely fell apart because to me, that was like, that had been the light at the end of the tunnel. Like I was going to go to an expert for help and they were not necessarily going to solve all my problems because like, I'm not naive and I know that kids are difficult, but she was going to have something. She was going to have something that was going to get me through the fact that it was just me. Because I know that there are a lot of incredibly hardworking single parents out there and parents that kind of that, that co-parent who are no longer together. Like I know that everybody has everybody has different challenges and I had a great support network. But at those moments in the middle of the night, like it was just me and I wasn't going to get like a weekend off when he goes stayed with his dad or yeah, I would, th- th- there was nothing. There was, <laughs> there was no lights. And, and she didn't have anything for me either. And I just kind of, yeah, I was like, this is going to be my life. And I don't actually think that I can do it. Your hope, you had hope for a minute there and it was yeah. kind of yanked from you. Yeah. So that was, yeah, that was pretty, that was pretty dire, I think. Ugh, I can't imagine. So <laughs> yeah. at what point did you, did you feel, did you have that feeling that, okay, now I'm on the other side of this? So. I don't think, in all honesty, that I'll ever be kind of totally out of the woods. I'm not, I don't know, grief is a weird thing. Like, I am, I'm happy. I am a, I am a happy person. I have a gorgeous family, incredible friends and a fulfilling career. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm not wandering around and kind of in misery, but, but there will always be moments when it kind of almost like hits home again. So I remember the first day that I took Ethan to school on his first day or the first time we went to watch his sports day and and then I, sometimes I find myself thinking ahead to things like graduation and like if he ever gets married and that kind of thing and the weird thing about being widowed and I guess it's the same with other types of grief is that in those joyous moments you will still be joyous but there is always that little bit of like sadness behind it because there's always like this idea in your head that it shouldn't have been this way and that's that's quite that's tricky because obviously I have remarried and and I have had people ask me like would you rather 
not would you rather Mark had not died because that's a ridiculous question but like it's a weird dichotomy to kind of like be happy with with your current partner when you were happy with your late husband too like it's, it's a weird kind of thing to get your head around and I don't think that ever goes but I do feel more hopeful now about my life because there has been more joy so I know that it's possible and weirdly the moment that that kind of that hit for me was was a similar situation to to my answer to the last question so after this really annoying woman had left my house and I'd kind of broken down for a couple of weeks <laughs> I hopefully I, she's not doing this anymore by the way I really really hope not <laughs> I jumped on google because I mean you know that's what you do and I found a bereavement charity that was local and I basically sent them this complete ranting ramble of an email because I was the end of my tether and I would imagine that they probably had lots of emails like that over their time basically saying like I need help this isn't working like do you have anything for me and and I, I pretty much didn't think that they would because the annoying woman had snuffed out all of my hope but the psychologist came to my house a couple of weeks later and sat down and played with Ethan for a while and talked to me and didn't ask me incredibly annoying questions and and after after about kind of 45 minutes she looked at me looked up at me and she went he's an incredibly well-adjusted boy and you should be really proud and that obviously completely broke me but at this and then she gave me and then she gave me kind of like three different strategies based on like his reality and the fact that like an important person in his life had just disappeared so of course he doesn't want to go to sleep and let me go downstairs because he doesn't know what's going to happen next and she talked to me about the reasoning behind it and she said right these are the things that I want you to try and do and then I'll check in with you in like a week and we'll see how it's going and it wasn't weirdly it wasn't so much hooray there is a way back to sleep again it was I haven't broken my son and I think that was when I knew that I could do this and it was bloody hard but I could do it and it was going to be okay. Oh, good Lord. All right. I'm like crying. <laughs> Sorry. That's, that's just amazing. Really amazing. Thank you. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing that. I, uh, I, I can't, I have no words. Like I can't <laughs> imagine having to go through all of that and just hats off to you. Cause it sounds like you are doing everything you need to be doing for your kids. Thank you very much. So (laughs) another awkward transition here and I'll like dry my eyes a little bit. (laughs) Where can people find you if they want to connect with you and learn more about what you do? Okay. So if they want to, to learn more about me and widowhood and bereavement and all that kind of stuff, I promise you my blog is a lot more fun than it sounds. (laughs) (laughs) I promise you. Hopefully so, you write in the accent <laughs> so we can get that, you know, get the feel of that too. Maybe I need to do an audio version. Yeah. So that's at secondtimearound.blog. So you can read about everything that's going on in my crazy life and yeah, how I manage all of that and then delve back into the archives. If you want to find me and talk about copywriting, then you can find me at wordsbypeter.com. That's my website. And I kind of help business owners find their voice and my big thing is building authentic relationships with your audience because just as I think it's important to be open about things that happen in your life generally I think that businesses are people selling to people and so there's no point in trying to pretend that you're some faceless organization like be a person 
and build authentic relationships with the people on the other side of your of your copy. So that's what I do. And you can find me on Instagram at all words by Peter because somebody very annoying had taken the one that I wanted. Isn't that the worst? Oh, I hate it. So annoyed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and words by Peter on Facebook. So yeah, you can come hang out. You can sign up to my newsletter where I don't go on about my cleaner too much. I promise. Yeah. So come find mm-hmm. me. Come chat. I love connecting with people. Yeah, I love it. I'll put all the links in the show notes so Thank that you. people can just find them easily. Thank you so mm-hmm. much for being here. You are a lovely person. I just truly appreciate your honesty and openness. And like I said in the beginning, I think while I hope most people don't find themselves in your situation, I think that all of us have some challenges to face. And it's always helpful just to kind of hear how people figure it out. You know, the more tools in your toolbox, I think. Definitely. Hey, hey, thanks for tuning into the podcast today. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd love for you to support the podcast by leaving a five-star review and subscribing and sharing it with your biz besties. Your ratings and reviews help us reach more listeners who want to leave hustle mode behind and grow their businesses with ease. And don't forget to post a screenshot of this episode on your IG stories and tag me at Christy Sigelski so I can repost you. If you want to take the guesswork out of what to say in your emails and how to say it in a way that resonates with the people you actually want to work with, you need to grab my brand new freebie. Now, you've probably heard me say this at least a hundred times, but connection is what leads to conversions and making your subscribers feel seen and heard is the key to making that connection and building the relationship. So I put together a sweet little guide for you that breaks down my connect captivate and convert framework, which teaches you how to become biz besties with your subscribers and gives you the goods on converting them to clients organically. Now, because I know the next logical question is probably what should I write about in my emails? There's a bonus section with a list of newsletter ideas that's going to give you swipeable email content for months. This is honestly the most value-packed freebie I've ever created, and I really can't wait for you to get your hands on it. So if you're ready to write emails that sell without all the bro marketing mayhem, go grab the free guide, How to Write Emails That Sell, plus 20 must-read newsletter ideas at the link in the show notes.